yes, it's a great privilege to be able to be up here this morning. And um, as I was lying in bed after midnight, when we'd had the text saying that Nicola might not be able to be here, um, I was thinking about Nicola and, and what a hero of the faith she is to me. And I was lying in bed thinking about the passage in Hebrews chapter 11, where it talks about the heroes of the faith. Um, And when it kind of transpired that I would be speaking, (laughs) um, I just knew that this is the passage that I should read initially. So we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 16. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, because he was so old, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he prepared a city for them. The rest of the chapter gives lots of other examples of heroes of faith, um, but we're just going to think about Abraham for a little bit today. And also, we're going to think about Nicola and Simon Neal a little bit today. So although she hasn't come to speak, I will make some references to her in this talk. The reason being that she had quite a lot, they had quite a lot in common with Abraham when about 10 years ago, uh, God said to them that they should go to Africa. That's not something that God says to all of us, of course. He asks different things of each of us. But they were obedient to the call and they literally packed their lives into their suitcases, took their two small children and went off to Uganda. And it was that adventure that really defined the rest of their lives in terms of where they've lived, what careers they've done, uh, which friends they've got. And in fact, everything they do and are has been defined by that adventure that they were obedient to. To following God with. Um, even now that they've come home to England and they live in Aylesbury and they come to this church, their hearts are with and for the people of Uganda. And they've become open to others in other parts of the world as well who have benefited from their charity called Every Life. 
They have a real heart for people who uh, don't have hope and are in desperate situations. So uh, particularly people living in slum areas and people living in areas of great disadvantage. They have gone into those areas uh, with sacrificial love and they've taken many, of other, many other people with them to follow that example and they do a great work around the world. So, both Abraham and Simon and Nicola left the comfort of their homes because, our, because God asked them to do that. And there may be times that for different reasons, God may ask that of us as well. I'm very aware, though, that many people here in our community have extremely challenging situations that they have to live through just to survive. Uh, whether that's because of sickness, they have poor physical or maybe mental health, um, and or, or the sickness of, of people in their family, which causes them to expend energy just um, living and being able to care for and look after people. So going to Africa is not something that God asks of all of us. Many people have had to leave their homes and go to other countries as well. Um, I've heard of people within our community who have family in other countries. They've had to stop everything and go over and be with them to help them in their situation. Uh, other people uh, out of Ill- with their illnesses have gone to other, another country to actually get treatment. So we are in a very volatile world, aren't we, where we experience the comfort of home but often we experience the discomfort of homelessness as well and in those times life becomes fractured and difficult all of us long for that place of stability where we can be at peace with the world at peace with ourselves and at peace with each other and the hebrew word for this is shalom which means peace, but it has a much deeper meaning than just the English word for peace. It has that sense of everything being as it should be, everything being right, us being at right with, right with one another and right with God and right with our environment. If we think back to the passage about Abraham, it says that he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And also, it says that these people were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Um, and those of us who have the New Testament now, um, we, we know the language of Revelation. In the last chapters of Revelation, in chapter 21, um, you may remember the words where it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. These words are really comforting, aren't they? And they give us absolute certainty about the hope and the future that is ultimately in front of us. And it can't be stolen from us. 
But it's not just enough to know that everything's going to be all right when we die, is it? Because in the meantime, we ourselves and family members and friends go through times of trial and suffering. And all around the the world, people are going through times of trial and suffering. And we want to be able to help them find a place of shalom, as well as us having a place of shalom as well. So how do we deal with the now of life with its present challenges and trials and suffering. I think, first of all, we need to realize that there are different types of homelessness. There's chosen homelessness, which is what we started with, because both Abraham and Simon and Nicola Neal were living in a home that was safe and comfortable, and then God challenged them to leave that home. So it wasn't that they were forced out of their homes. God gave them an invitation to go on an adventure with him, which they did. And that, of course, is different to an enforced homelessness where, because of no fault of our own, we may have been made homeless because of circumstances that we've not been able to control. Apparently, um, all of us are something like six months away from being homeless because life can suddenly turn around and throw all kinds of bad things at us. And often when people who work among the homeless hear their stories, it's often stories of something that's happened to turn things around and it's been like a downward spiral which has caused the homelessness. And then also, as well as that, there's um, natural disasters that happen all around the world. And although our country doesn't tend to have great storms or or fires that force people out of our homes, um, sometimes we have floods that force people out of their homes and other things that happen as well. And I just want to give some statistics because we live in a world where there are 78.5 million forcibly displaced people. 40 million people are internally displaced. So that means that they are forced out of their homes within their own countries and they have to go and and live somewhere within their own country, uh, which isn't their home, in a temporary situation. There are 25 million refugees around the world, 3.1 million asylum seekers. By the way, these figures are probably bigger now. This was the latest statistics that I found. Um, 85% of the world's displaced people are rehomed in developing countries, which means that the countries that are least able to have them and look after them because they're poor themselves. So it's the countries that are struggling to survive themselves that are taking on board these people who are displaced, simply because of where they are geographically often. Um, but it does make us think about the responsibility of the rest of the world. 44,000 people a day are forced to flee their homes because of war and persecution. So we can't escape the fact that homelessness is part of life in this world. Where do we all fit into this? Well, the Bible doesn't just talk about homelessness it doesn't just talk about exile which is like a kind of group homelessness that that's happened to God's people over the years 
um, because it also talks about promising land and safety. God gave promises to Abraham about having a land where they could live safely. And the whole story of the Bible is about the importance of home. I went to hear one of my favorite theologians speaking in Birmingham this week. Steve wasn't in Birmingham, by the way. (laughs) Um, His name is Miroslav Volf, and his subject uh, was about the world being God's home. Uh, Much of his life, he's been caught up in the Croatian War, and he's written a number of books on forgiveness, amongst other things. He was giving lectures on the big story of God as creator, building a home that he wanted to share with his creation. Starting in the Garden of Eden as the first temple where God walked with Adam and Eve. Um, He told how the problem of wanting to have what they couldn't have broke Adam and Eve's relationship of trust with their maker. And they had to find a way back to that eternal state of shalom through the story from creation, fall and redemption throughout the rest of the scriptures. Uh, Just a quick story about something that happened during this time. I went to two of the lectures on two separate evenings and for the second lecture I was a little bit late and it wasn't an irresponsible type of lateness I was actually engaged in a really important uh, mission with part of my family who is part of my home very much um, and uh, somewhat displaced themselves and we'd had a meeting um, which I'd gone to and there was no way I could leave my beloved person happy and be on time for this meeting. So I decided that I'd rather leave my family happy and then be late for the meeting. So what happened was I turned up, uh, it was in a large church, and went up to the door, which was totally shut. And the the doors were massive wooden doors, uh, which had like a big metal ring that I wanted to knock on very loudly but didn't dare. Uh, I stood there for a while and I tried to sort of shove the door inwards to try and make it open but there was no way it was going to and um, I was just about to give up when someone actually came out of this big door which meant I could go in and as I walked in I could hear the speaker talking about the fact that home is not just a place but it's a series of relationships which need nurturing and building and I thought it was rather ironic that that's what I had been doing (laughs) and the the church nearly shut me out because I was a little bit late so I thought that's a good metaphor to learn from and although we don't have large wooden doors in our building um, I hope that we don't shut people out if they're a little bit late or a little bit um, not following our rules quite right etc. Uh, I do believe we're a very welcoming place. Um, so I just, uh, I was actually very proud to be part of, of this community at that point. So thinking about homelessness then again, um, and this idea, biblical idea of exile, where a whole uh, group of people are taken from their homeland through war or whatever, um, it's very much part of the biblical story. And so are the promises of land and security that God has given over and over again to 
the people that he calls. And when God called his people and they actually did go into the promised land, one of the important things that happened was that they were given the law um, to help them to live well in the land. Because the thing about having um, a safe space is that we need boundaries, don't we? We need boundaries to know how to treat one another. We need boundaries to know uh, what things are appropriate and what things are not. We need boundaries so that uh, maybe people who are not so powerful or younger or or less uh, able or influential can be safe from people who have the power. So that's why God um, gave the law and that's why Jesus teaches teaching is important for us as well so it's great that we've got the bible to help us to get those things in our head those values um, whereby we live with one another well (laughs) so that's how the bible affirms good homes and good living together it's having these boundaries and these um these ways of living well together and I think we've we've spoken a lot um, throughout the last few years about how you can't necessarily take out of context rules and regulations that applied to previous generations um, and just dump them into our time now because some things aren't so relevant now Um, and I'm not going to go into a long conversation about that here, but um, that is something that we need to consider when we're reading the Bible and we're reading God's law as what's appropriate for us now. What's he saying to us now? So it's not about wherever and whoever we are. Um, sorry, so it is about <laughs> where we are and who we are. It's the fact that in life, There are so many situations of different types of home and homelessness. And what we need to do is to find God wherever we are. Sometimes we may be in great times of blessing and other times we might be in great times of need. Either way, we can come to God as the one who wants us to have that promise of shalom and safety and home. So for some people, God might be wrapping his arms around you and saying build your home, stay safe, keep your children safe, make them strong, and do the good work of bringing up your family well. I'm just reminded um, that one of the rules uh, in the Old Testament was that anyone who had just got married shouldn't go to war for a year. So they were allowed to stay at home for a year to be with their new um, wife uh, before they were went off to war again. So those kind of principles help us to, to know that God really wants us to have times and spaces in our lives where we um, give time to each other and we value and nurture the things and the relationships that we have. Um, for others, God may be saying to us, um, if we're not feeling very secure or if, if, if we're not in a secure home environment at the moment, God may be saying, welcome to this church, welcome to this family and come as you are. Um, when you come into this church, we'd love you to come as you are. We'd love you to feel that you belong. Um, we have a kind of phrase which goes, um, belong, believe and become all who God has made you to be. Uh, It's a process. It's not something which you're either in or out, 
because with any group, there's a growing together, isn't there, and a, a becoming comfortable and feeling safe with each other. So your personal home may not be so secure at the moment, but please enjoy home with this wider family of people uh, that love you. <clears throat> Um, some people may feel that they actually just don't belong anywhere and all of us at some point in our lives feel like this because although we have ideals and we, we have in our hearts and in our thoughts that idea of what home should be like, a bit like Abraham, you know, he had this promise, didn't he, that he was going towards but um, he didn't see it fully um, and so sometimes that can be very disappointing and very frustrating and cause us to despair. Homes have many levels. There's the physical space and there's the relationships within that space. Um, when you get to mine and Steve's age, you might find yourselves uh, living on your own or, or as a couple. And all the people that have been in your home have moved on but you still spend a lot of your time loving them because they're still part of your home. They're still part of those people that are in your heart. And then there's our church home as well. You know, we carry people, don't we, in our hearts from our family here. And we all contribute to making this the best that it can be. Steve spoke recently about how when we serve here, we're actually serving Jesus and his people because we're making this a more welcoming place. For people to come in and be a part of. Being a follower of Jesus means that we might find ourselves giving up our home comforts sometimes. Um, perhaps this might mean going outside of our homes to embrace people outside. We had some people going out on the streets yesterday doing healing on the streets um, and we were just watching that video about going out next Sunday. Um, so going out is good as well because we carry, the Holy Spirit lives in us and through us. And if we're always only ever in our homes, then we're limiting the, the love and the effect that we could be taking out, um, particularly going out together. But when we go out as individuals as well, we are temples of God's Holy Spirit. We carry his presence with us. And as well as going out, it also means that we open our homes to include other people into them. Some people can do that more easily than others. It might be hosting meals, connect groups, having people around just to hang out, make them feel part of um, your friendship group and your family. And, you know, I'm so proud of being in this church because I know that hospitality is such a high value here. And today, particularly, we've had a number of people step up. I can see people outside there cooking the barbecue, and that should be me today. <laughs> um, Steve's doing children's work today, so we're all kind of moving around. Um, and it's great when people don't mind stepping up and doing the things that are needed. And that's what family is about, isn't it? Uh, if people were to ask me, what's God doing in your church particularly, I would see lots of different things in the events and the activities that we do, but I think because I've been mulching a lot over this subject, uh, one of the things that's really, really stood out to me is the massive thing that the Holy Spirit's been doing by encouraging people within our congregation to adopt or foster children. 
I don't know if any if, if you're aware of this, but there's a number of families who've been going through the scrutiny of, of having to um, be asked all the questions and kind of pass the qualifications for being able to foster or adopt children. And it's, it's a costly thing to do, absolutely costly thing to do. Even those interviews are costly. Everything about the whole process is costly and sacrificial. Um, but I'm just so proud to say that that is something that's been happening in our church. So do pray for these people and um, take an interest in their stories. And if there are ways that we can support them, then that's great. I just want to give a few statistics on that. Um, every 15 minutes, a child in this country goes into care. Fostering services need to recruit 8,100 new carers this year to meet this need and to account for carers who will retire. And according to the most recent figures, almost 3,000 children are waiting for adoption and 27% of these have been waiting for more than 18 months. So as an example of a massive need that we have in our country, um, and as I said, I'm so proud that it's something that we are able to rise to the challenge. But it's definitely something that you have to be called to. And it's not something I'm saying, this is what we should all be doing. <laughs> Just like Abraham, though, we may find that when we follow the voice and follow that call, it's not straightforward. And it's not the kind of great rewarding thing we thought that it might be initially. Um, it may end up being that way, but it's always going to be costly and there's always going to be the frustration of knowing that you only have one small bit of influence in a child's life sometimes. And particularly if you're fostering, you may have to let them go to someone else and you have to trust God in their lives. And it's said about Abraham that he kept going towards the promise, even although he didn't see it come about fully in his own lifetime. And that's really important for us, you know, as those people who follow that call from God. Um, we can be sure that we follow that call and we walk towards that promise. And even when there are setbacks and frustrations and things we don't understand, it doesn't mean that God didn't call us in the first place. Uh, just thinking about Jesus before we go into ministry time, Jesus um, asks us to follow him. And let's just think about what that might mean for a minute, because Jesus gave up his home. Uh, he gave up his safe home in heaven with his father, and he met, became a vulnerable baby. He was um, a refugee at the beginning of his life, didn't have a home where he could settle. There wasn't a bed that he could be born in. Um, so he knows all the insecurity of that but then we also read that between the age of 12 and when he went into ministry at about 30, he lived a secure life in Galilee. And he uh, played with his friends. He had a, a mum and a dad. He had brothers and sisters, maybe. I'm not sure about sisters. Um, but he lived a life of security in a secure home. And it says about him that he... Uh, he grew in favor with God and man. And that's, again, something for us to take on board. You know, if we're in one of those times where we're making secure homes, we're bringing up 
children in safety and uh, investing our energies into um, being family and making that, doing that well. Um, that's a good thing to do. Jesus had a period of his life that that was very important for him. And then again, when he went into ministry, a lot more was asked of him again, and he gave up his home, and he was itinerant, and he went actually from house to house, so he gave up his own home. But he enjoyed then the hospitality of other people, and he was able to be the guest in other people's homes. And that's important too, because he sent his disciples into the villages and the towns and he said go and stay in the houses of of people and give my message tell them um, about the kingdom of God and pray for them to be healed um, and eat with them you know there was a lot of eating together in the New Testament in the gospel stories of, of what Jesus did and it was the same for the disciples. So there's that idea of not just the idea of building our own homes, but also the idea of going out and uh, enjoying the hospitality of others and allowing other people to bless us. So I just want to wrap this up um, with three thoughts for us um, that we can take away this morning. And the first is build your homes whether you live on your own, whether you live with massive families, whether you live with small families, whether you live with extended family and people all over the world that you love, build that because that is so important and build those relationships and know that God is with you in that. He, he, he loves you doing that. That's what he wants us to do. And then the next thing, build God's house. Go one bigger than your little homes. That's what we all do here. And we appreciate so much that everyone um, prioritizes serving here and being part of of what we do. And that allows us to be more God's presence in the world and to be able to offer more through the ministries that we do, etc. So that's the second thing. And in all of those things, let's live generously and with um, great hospitality. And there's a a great verse in Micah which says, What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God?